Hey everybody, welcome back to Visual Novel Book Club. I'm your pal Slowbeef. With me, of course, my good friend Polahoko. Hey yeah. My good friend Devious Vacuum. Hello, friends. It's me, Devious Vacuum, and my cool gimmick this recording is that I'm wearing a face mask and I'm gonna have to pull it off in 20 minutes. I I had a VR helmet on, but then I couldn't see to like click the buttons and stuff. Uh, my good friend Jim. Hey everybody. <laughs> Um, oh no, I lost track. My good friend, Oren Ronan. <laughs> it's good to be back. <laughs> lost track of the people you're with. <laughs> no, all, all Not such good friends after all. <laughs> <laughs> we, we never were. My good friend, Turbo C. Hello. Hello. Um, well, we're here under, um, it, what's the official term? Like, lockdown? Or still shelter in place, right? Yeah. Well, uh, not in Texas, but, uh, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> not in Tokyo either, actually. Not in Tokyo. Well, in Jersey, it's, like, I think strongly suggested, but, you know. Uh, they're just getting ready to reopen everything here. Yeah. Well. It's, but, you know, what the heck? It's been a couple of months not seeing anybody. And if you're listening to this two years from now, this will seem like... <laughs> You'll either think, wow, that was a wild time, or wow, that was a much better time. I know. <laughs> which which coronavirus was this? It was like, this is COVID-19, the one like March it kind of started. And- oh, wave one. Jesus, these suckers don't even know what they're in for. <laughs> they still have power. They still have internet. Wow, it was so easy for them. I guess for the alien civilization or the people of the future, we're we are a part of a podcast called Visual Novel Book Club, and this is season nine. Yeah, we're your gods. <laughs> <laughs> we we uh, we decided to play a very uh, a very scary game this time around, another horror, um, and it's called Raging Loop. Who wants to introduce Raging Loop? I didn't, we didn't, I didn't plan this at all. I, I, I guess I will, because I know the most about it, <laughs> as usual. Uh, this is, this is a, a game from 2015, um, mm-hmm. originally released for iOS and Android. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yep. Wow. And then a year later, it came to, after it gained some popularity, it came to other platforms, uh, like the Vita, very popular platforms like the Vita. <laughs> And then, uh, <laughs> so we all know. Well, if it's gonna come to anything, it'll be the visual novel handheld. <laughs> Sorry, that was a delayed joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the PC, and um, last year it came in about in English too. Um, and it's by Chemco, which is a company famous for shovelware. Nice, nice. And RPGs that look like the yeah, RPGs that look like they were made in RPG Maker. <laughs> I uh, I know Chemco the name from uh, Shadowgate for the NES, which uh, I feel like they were like they were behind that port if I remember correctly, which is originally like a Mac Venture game, but it's sort of infamous. It sounds like if you were trying to come up with a fake name and you wanted it to be Capcom, but you but you weren't allowed to say that, yeah. <laughs> like Konani or something. Yeah, they play mm-hmm. Mooga Moon. It's a uh, no tech. That's what we got. No tech. <laughs> totally different. <laughs> One last thing I will say that this this game is fully voiced, but what they did is they collaborated with um, uh, a school for voice acting and got people who are students to to act in this game. Great. Excellent. Oh, Oh my God. Paid them an exposure. That's why the voice acting in this game is kind of like a little iffy. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but... I couldn't notice. Yeah, it's kind of... It's kind of hard, I think, to detect an awkwardness in the delivery. But also, like, the characters are, like, awkward. 
Yeah. yeah, it fits. No one really knows how to talk to each other. Some of them are good. The software, I find, is a little iffy. Like, they do this kind of annoying thing where if you, like, skip, a, like, a dialogue box, the voice act, the voice clip won't stop playing unless there's another voice clip after it. So, it, like, they keep talking even though you're sort of reading something else by then, you know? Like, sometimes I'm like, I got the gist of the sentence. Let's just go here. And then the narration is taking over, but they're still speaking, which I'm just like, mm, I don't like this. A lot of a lot of visual novels do that. A lot of the ones we've played on the date night stream that are sort of uh, more romance oriented uh, and perhaps not as high of a budget uh, also, also <laughs> do that quite a bit. Raging Loop also has a very, like, right as you boot it up, has a very, like, fun... Uh, high energy introduction video yeah it's like now this is anime oh it's super 2000 anime yeah it's it's like 2002 anime like you know with a rock and metal soundtrack <laughs> yeah for a game about a uh, murder mystery where there's murders happening but you know what that's fine we played Danganronpa so like that's like small potatoes going into it I'm I'm a little cautious because I want it to be scary and I want it to be disturbing but some of the writing is coming off as is pretty lighthearted. It, right, well, right off the bat, it seems very aware that it's just werewolf, and it's like this is this is werewolf, but real, and like sort of self-aware in a way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's super meta too. There's a lot of meta commentary where you just know, like they're like, yeah, don't ask questions about that. That's something you don't want to know. It makes me nervous that it's going to be one of those like tr- you know one of those sort of clever visual novels from the uh, from that time period a few years ago where like everything was like a twist ending that interacted ended up interacting with the player, like the actual. Like, like me, the person playing the game, like to try to be like cool mm. and meta. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of over it already, so I don't know. But uh, maybe it won't be that bad. I mean, I feel like in a way, if I want to be cynical about it, I could almost say like they don't really seem to trust you with stuff. Meaning like, okay, like here's the deal: we're gonna like explain decisions, and you're gonna have to pick them. And there's like a point where it's like, I, I know, I know, I know how this works. You know what I mean? Like I'm. I'm a big boy now, you know, Raging Loop. It's okay. They, yeah, they have a tutorial for the for the visual novel. They, they like give you an entire menu, like with all sorts of explanations about all kind of things, including how to stream this game. Uh, yeah, there are a few things in that tutorial that I'm glad that they pointed out. For one, like any kind of streaming stuff that they, you know, are requesting, I think that's kind of mm-hmm. nice, and I think it's good that they have an option that you can turn on or off where. If you reach a certain point in the story, a little sheep will pop up and say, okay, that's the limit. If if you want to upload stuff, that's all you can do. And then another, another thing that I really like is it tells you that if you want to get all the content, you don't have to worry about like saving in certain places and like making different choices. It just takes care of it all for you. Yeah, it is really the, the way that you can move in the scenario chart is really nice. For sure. Like not like that you could just sort of organically jump back to a choice, especially after doing should be a scramble. Um, it's a little it's a little more modern, and a little more streamlined than that, which uh, which was nice. Yeah, the, the flow chart in this is really nice. And you really don't have to yeah. save like at all, except for when you quit the game. Right. Yeah, it's good stuff so far. Um, it definitely seems like they like took a. Uh took a page from like a from the from the nonary games kind of thing in terms of like they have like a lock sort of things yeah exactly it's it's a little nicer than those games you could say you know but um yeah i think i think that's it's it's all it's all good on that they have this character like delivering the um, the initial like menu explanation that insists that she's only uh, the interface an interface character 
But then she does mm-hmm. appear in the, in the right. actual game too. Yeah, but then yeah. she's in the game, yeah. Yeah, it's got like a chibi version in the beginning, yeah. Like, I hope that it is just interface stuff, because I don't want it to be meta. Oh, I think it's going to be Polahoko. I'm, I'm, I that's, I my, know, that's my fear. <laughs> like, they spend this whole, like, spiel about, oh, these, uh, these events are based on fiction. You know, these people aren't real. Please don't recreate the murders in real life. Don't try this at home. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, it even says, like, you know better than that, right? Like, you can read media without being influenced by it. <laughs> it was, like, very aware. <laughs> you know the difference between fiction and reality, yeah, right? Yeah, like, you're an adult, right? It's just a weird... I don't know. I fe- it was like a mix of like, I found it a little condescending, but I also, it feels like an introduction to visual novels for people who don't normally play visual novels and like maybe also like kind of don't have a high opinion of them. But something about this is making them play it for the first time. And like, it's, that's, that seems to be the audience of the, of a lot of the tutorial messages. Yeah. It's a little cocky too, right? It's like we know you're gonna buy this game, like even though you're into like real games, we'll explain <laughs> it to you. Don't worry. Yeah, like I was that there from the beginning, like, or was that added later because of based on like the sales of the game? Well, that seems like a real mobile thing, right? Like if you're trying to reach new audiences. Yeah, it's probably because it was a mobile game mm-hmm. initially. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes I sense. I mean, if that's yeah. what they were going for, it's actually kind of charming the way they do it. Yeah, I want to. A lot about this game, like, I want to be annoyed with it, but it doesn't quite get, and it's not quite annoying enough that I'm actually annoyed, but I'm, like, ready to be annoyed. <laughs> like, you're on the war listen, pal, here's how you play this game, and I'm like, give me a break, bucko, I'm a real gamer. <laughs> but then it doesn't quite go far enough that I'm, like, mad at it, for real. Can somebody animate that, please? Yeah, I don't need to be lectured by Clippy the Sheep. The sheep character is cool. He's smoking, first of all. Um, speaking of yeah, don't try this at home, kids, cool. this is an edgy game for adults, and the sheep is smoking. Oh my god, I thought for a minute you meant he, I thought you meant he was hot for a second. It's like, what, really? Oh he has god. a cigarette. Well, I mean, the sheep is pretty sexy, too. <laughs> He's got a very deep voice. <laughs> All right, good. I'm glad, I'm glad we... All right. Um, no, he is smoking. We learned a lot about ourselves during quarantine. Mm-hmm. He's smoking cigarettes. But, but yeah, the game the game tells you how to play it, but also not entirely. It's kind of like, there's going to be a tutorial, don't worry. Um, yeah. But yeah, it does, now that you've said it was a mobile game first, actually, I'm not mad about it anymore because that absolutely makes sense to do that for a mobile game. Uh, a game on a phone where you don't know who's playing it. It is it is a menu of being like, hey, if you want to ask questions, here's four different things you can ask questions about, or you can just skip out on ahead. So you could theoretically. That is true. Yeah, it does give you that too. I think. I mean, I think the only quote unquote complicated concept in it, and even and for this audience too, you know, I think that you just need to know that there are plot locks in the game, um, and not that I'm so individual novels or whatever, but it's not even very. It doesn't seem like they're very complicated plot locks per se. Like there's going to be branching. It's going to be, and they tell you, like, you're going to have to get to a bad end sometimes or do certain things to get the keys for the plot locks. Like, is that, like, a familiar enough concept, you think, for everybody? Like, is that ubiquitous enough? I mean, if we compare it to, if we compare it to Shibuya Scramble, basically, we would get 
the plot keys or whatever, but we would then have to figure out which place to go to to do the thing. Whereas here, it gives you, you know, you die, and then it gives you a key number two. You go to the lock with key number two on it. It's, you're just matching the numbers and going and doing the next route. Yeah, I think the uh, comparison to the, the notary games like 999 and VLR is, is very apt, if anyone's played those. But it's, it almost makes it like sort of linear in a non-linear way, depending on how they give us the keys, right? Because then we, because like getting key, num- getting the bad end, getting key number two, and then going back and using key number two and getting a different ending or different bad ending to advance is like, it's its own way of being linear. It just sort of has a mechanic to, to yeah. Uh, but it's interesting. I mean, it's still, I think that's still a fun way to tell a story. So that's, that's still fun, but it's like, yeah, it's not quite as, um, it's not, it's not a challenging mechanic. There's not like, we, we're not going to be asked to solve a mystery. Like this seems a lot more casual than some of the stuff that we've played. Nonary games make kind of a puzzle out of the plot lock thing. And this seems like it's just like a mechanic. I'm interested to know, because I have the feeling they are going to do a thing where, a character gets information from a bad ending that they retain in order to help them make better decisions rather than it just being like, okay, you saw a bad ending. Now I'm going to give you another option that you didn't have before for no reason. You know? Yeah. We were theorizing before that that's the loop part of raging loop. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you'll be very angry about it. Exactly. So, (laughs) Uh, so one other thing to note from this tutorial is that, uh, the, little helper character uh, whose name I don't remember because I can't remember any of these names because there are way too many syllables for for my tiny ass brain. No, the girl. The girl is Rikako. Rikako. Rikako, yeah. She mentions that this game will seem very familiar to you if you've played Werewolf or Mafia before. So I was wondering if anyone in our call has played Mafia before that could maybe like go over the basics. Yeah, weird. Is there like some kind of expert perhaps in that game on this call? Like anyone at all that's played any variant of of Werewolf or... No, I don't think we have anybody like that. (laughs) Oh, what a shame. Missed opportunity. Anyway, so what happens is this guy, (laughs) Haruaki... Alright. Go ahead. Tell him. No, it's just, um, I've been, it's been about three years now since I've uh, been working on Dang and Werewolf and... Oh my god, has it been three years? It's been three years and I've, I just finished updating my playlist, like I've, uh, pretty much every match that we've played I've recorded and we're at just about over 140 recorded matches. Wow. Wow. See, y'all don't don't complain to me that you have nothing to watch during quarantine, folks. Check out <laughs> check out Polo-Oko and all of his Dang and Werewolf games. I mean, we had a little bit. I don't want to get too off track, but we had a little bit of excitement because of the when this is happening. There's the Danganronpa 10th anniversary going on, and they're making all these announcements and stuff. It's an exciting time, and they've got another werewolf thing coming out for Danganronpa, so we got a little bit of extra attention from that. Aw, that's awesome. So, so if you like Werewolf and you this game makes you want to play it, consider joining Pillowhook, check, checking out Pillowhook's Twitter and joining the Dangan Werewolf Discord server. Think about it, won't you? Thank you. <laughs> All right, now the game. Okay, the game. All right, I have I have notes. Um, all right, we open up right. And let me just get the beginning of notes. Okay, here are my notes. <laughs> I love this intro music. Rikaka is very nice. And you're only allowed to upload to... Okay, all right. So there's a guy on a bike, right? And he's lost. 
and he decides to stop and write the fact that he is lost in his pocket journal. <laughs> For when they find his body. <laughs> right. Oh, and it, it takes place right about now in May. May 11th, I think it begins. Which I remember because it's the day after my birthday, so I remember the date. Hey, uh, happy birthday. That was th- happy three weeks after your birthday. Yep. I, I, was, I was all alone in, 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 in my house. I couldn't get to go out. Aww. Why didn't you tell us? We would have had a VNBC party. I'm, I'm shaking my head no because we're on camera and Discord. <laughs> Baked a cake to get an achievement. Uh, da, 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 da. So, um, let's see here. So basically, he's he's lost. You know, um, he's driving. It's it's night. And he's on some back roads, and uh, interestingly, we get a choice to um, to like remember. Well, I think remember like why he's there, um, but like you can you just you have to forget it. it. Your choices are basically forget it or a lock with a four on it, meaning you need key four to actually remember whatever it is he's trying to get away from or the reason he's out there. Um, it turns out, and then when you say forget it, it turns out you went on this trip to forget those thoughts, and that's what we revealed. We are Haruaki Fusaishi. Um, I think we mentioned on the recording, but yeah, like these the names I found in this were pretty tricky. But Haruaki, is that how you pronounce it? Yep, close enough. Okay, Haruaki. Yeah, I wrote down like he seems thick. You know, like he's not like a total dumb dumb or whatever, but he seems like kind of ditzy or airheaded, maybe. You know, can I can I say I I think he's the dumbest character we've. <laughs> He's in a bad place. I mean, even when he can't remember, even though he doesn't remember it right away, he does. There is like a line right off the bat that's like he broke up with his girlfriend or that he just he's coming out of a bad breakup like that happened like literally yesterday. So he literally like got they broke up and he just like got on his motorcycle and drove away. That's not a person who's in a good like who's going to make smart decisions. No, that's fair. Yeah, the, the thing that got to me was, like, as he's writing in his notebook, he's like, yeah, I'm lost. And he's like, I've been lost for two hours. Maybe I should look at a map. Oh, I don't know what any of this is. Maybe I should have brought GP. Like, all all of, all of these things went wrong in, in how he got lost. And I understand that that's a trope because this is a horror game. Don't at me in the comments. I still think he's dumb. But also, like, his his internal monologue is like, well, why didn't I turn back? Well, I guess I'm just a fucked up kind of guy. Like, <laughs> I guess I'm just, I'm, I'm just, like, edgy and stupid like that. And it was just like, okay, okay, my guy. Like, I, you know, I know you're going through... You're going through a bad time. I'm not. I'm not going to judge you, but maybe like it was. It's like the kind that kind of self awareness, but like a like a ha ha. This I'm self aware kind of self awareness that like I'm aware that I'm doing this trope, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like a completely useless self awareness. <laughs> Just try and stop me. We get it, Sinji. You're so fucked up. We got it. Okay, cool. <laughs> that is so Haruaki. Yeah. <laughs> That's so Haraki. <laughs> and then he—he he just looks like he. I mean, he looks like kind of a dweeb even before you learn that he doesn't know how to fix the motorcycle that he bought. Um, but uh, I guess we'll we'll learn more about him him later. But he has um, the ma- main thing that you need to know, audience. Uh, if you, which is if you like this guy or not, is that he has like center parted, like kind of long hair. Um, like he wanted to look like Leon from Resident Evil, um, <laughs> but uh, didn't can't quite pull it off. He doesn't have the face shape. It's like he looks like a combination of of Leon and um, the guy from Silent Hill. And he mentioned Resident Evil later. He does. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. He does, doesn't he? Maybe he wanted to be, have Leon's haircut. Bad, bad choice for something that's supposed to be set in modern times. Great choice if it was like right around the early 2000s. <laughs> Should have been Wesker. Okay, listen. You know, like Leon himself was brave enough to wear that in his time periods. So, um, he he. Uh, what do you call it? He thinks life is simple like a road, but he just guessed on the intersections and didn't realize he'd gotten lost. That's a metaphor. Um, <laughs> he didn't say that, but I mean, that was, I thought, pretty, that was pretty on the nose. Um, well, he, so the problem is he starts to get tired, but he can't really stop anywhere because it seems like I was a little confused by this. I think what he meant, he's like, there's no side of the road, which I'm like, well, are you there's on no like, a shoulder, cliff or yeah. something? Yeah, there's nowhere he can camp. He mentioned he's yeah. on a mountain. He mentioned also that a uh, a garbage truck drove past him and did not think to... to and he didn't follow it! That fucked me up. He didn't follow the garbage truck. If I was lost and I saw a garbage truck, I would follow it because it's going to a civilization. It's a garbage truck. Yeah, but apparently his only inkling was to look at the garbage truck and go like, wow, that's big for this road. <laughs> Guess I can't camp on the side. So, um... Yeah, and then, at, what do you call it? Yeah, this is what Dvac mentioned. He, in my notes, he thinks of himself as a warped sort of guy, ruined a past relationship. So he's getting really tired. He comes across Freshmark. This is Fresh, M-A-R-K-E. Um, not, a, not a terrible name for a convenience store, like a fictional convenience store chain, I guess. They lose the T some boys? All the, all the suburban moms call it Freshmark, hey? <laughs> can I can I mention and this will be the last that I rag on him but it's the last thing that stood out to me he mentioned that the place seemed kind of cool and I'm not sure like <laughs> I, I understand like convenience stores are a, a bigger thing in Japan but I don't think I would have ever consider a convenience store as a cool place let me tell you about New Jersey and Wawa because everyone <laughs> fucking loves Wawa I don't know. Look, I I know about Jersey Wawas. They're good. They're fine. Yeah, that's it. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to get on to a side thing <laughs> if we keep going here. There's an important element of Haruaki's character that we learn uh, later on that I will not say ahead of time that explains everything that he's doing. Um, and I think you all know what particular... Uh, well, particular part of his his character, particularly um, his current occupation, that makes me, in particular, say, "Ah, now mm. I understand why you're being <laughs> this way." <laughs> it all checks out, is what I'm saying. I think the dumbest thing he does, though, is that the clerk in the convenience store offers him to just sleep on the floor there, and he doesn't take the offer. I think he was a little afraid of her, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> he's very afraid of her. <laughs> I, mean, I guess it depends on how desperate you get, right? Like, can you... Well, also, like, why would you let somebody sleep on the floor of your convenience? Like, can you imagine walking into a convenience store with a freaking guy sleeping there? Like, but there's, there's no, no one. one. I mean, there's no one. Yeah. It's like in the middle of nowhere, really. <laughs> All right. Sure. Yeah, can I get a uh, 20 on pump five and uh, who the fuck's this guy? <laughs> the cashier um, has these, like, really sort of... They just look cool to me. Like, red dreadlocks. And um, and her eyes are kind of obscured, and and she's just like, she's obviously like a delinquent who doesn't give a shit about anything. And what I love is that um, Haruaki is like kind of like he's intimidated by her, like right off the bat, like he thinks he's in danger, like he's such he's such like a a sheltered person that he sees like a punk kid and is and his first thought is, am I in danger? Instead of like this is just a lazy like young person who doesn't care about their job, uh, which is very funny. 
And she doesn't even really say anything. She just kind of grunts at him. And he's just like, oh, so intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she knew the price of this thing without scanning it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, she's stuck here all day, every day. Uh, but it was it is legit rude when he's like, do you have a map? Like, I'm lost and I need help. And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> And then she, she does have it, right? Uh, she draws like, one, right? No, he. She gets one from the back. She has to, or yeah, she has to be asked twice. Okay. Oh, you know what happens too, though? She's like, he makes a point, and she's smoking at the counter, which is like, uh, you know, I don't know. This is supposed to take place in Japan. Yeah, it is. So, like, yeah, is that not? Uh, no, you, you. This, this is this is abnormal for like customer service in Japan. Gotcha. <laughs> It's illegal now, I think, in this U.S., but... Gotcha. She takes some of his money, too, because he, like, basically gives her five, and oh, she yeah, just puts right. it all she... in my, my favorite aspect, though, is, like, after all this, he's like, and she didn't even give me a bag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it does really establish that this character is really, like, he's from the city, he's used, he's only used to a specific way of living, and, like, now he's he's completely out of his element and like made nervous by like going out into the country like he's I think right away like you could tell this is this is um sort of a I don't know like, it was a sheltered city kid like not mm-hmm. not necessarily um like not necessarily like like not so wealthy that like he wouldn't drive out into the woods uh but you know somebody who's who's used to city city life and good customer service and like things working the way that they're supposed to and like not really having to to troubleshoot or problem solve very much in his everyday life <laughs> he's a boy with a man's haircut <laughs> <laughs> wearing the leon kennedy can't even handle himself in a convenience store <laughs> I hope my tisk tisking came out open audio. So she tells him to drive down the road and like turn right at this rock and then go like straight into you know in off the it's off the the road onto like a dirt road and uh, and then there's a a village and he follows her directions and and he even is like his internal monologue is like why you know this was a bad idea like why did I even listen to her I guess I was just mad I wanted to I, I was following the directions out of spite. Um, but he ends up driving off a cliff. <laughs> I mean, I shouldn't laugh, but that is kind of funny. Okay, uh, that is such a great image of following directions out of spite. Yeah, and he drives off a fucking cliff. Like, oh my god, this woman was just like, here, here you go, asshole. Go drive off a cliff and die. I think it, 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 explains, it explains later that it's not like actually a real cliff, a real high cliff, but it's just like the, the road turned unpaved and... Yeah, I think it was... Mm. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, he goes down a hill, a rough hill. Yeah, there was like a turn he couldn't really see, and then like... Uh, that's the way I'm envisioning it, so like, he went off the side of an incline rather than like maybe around the way he should have been, and like... You know what I mean? Like, so he took... He ends up like taking a jump that he really shouldn't have been. Oh, it's probably entirely his fault. Well, it seems like a like a Death Stranding kind of a kind of a fall <laughs> to me. <laughs> like now, whenever whenever somebody like loses their balance and like rolls down like a kind of a shitty hill, I'm like, oh, just like in Death Stranding, yeah. <laughs> the kind of fall that makes you say, oh boy. <laughs> I mentioned um, I was listening to a serial episode in season two. A guy describes walking off an actual cliff in Afghanistan. And, like, he had enough time to think the drop was so high and he, like, really hurt himself. But apparently, like, the thing he thought to himself as he was falling, like, here's a pause when he realized and he thought, 
good grief. Which is like the weirdest thing to me to think if you're actually falling off a cliff and thinking like you're about to die and that's like you the curse you come up with. <laughs> a shame, really. <laughs> but anyhow. Well, gosh dang it. Fiddlesticks. Whoopsie daisy. <laughs> dang it. He's really in trouble now. He... He he's lost. He drove off the paved road into the fucking woods. He <laughs> wrecked his bike, um, and he now he just has to walk. Um, so he sees like a faint light in the distance, and so he just follows that light. Um, great move, classic. When you're lost in the woods, you see a you see a mysterious light in the distance. Follow it. Always works. Always a good decision. Um, so <laughs> he. In order to reach the light, he has to, like, wade through a river, which is also extremely dangerous. And uh, when he come, he finally gets to the light, and it's a flashlight that has been left, sort of chunked into the into this, the pebbles around the, the river. And uh, so then he's like, well, he's, he's calling out, like, hello, hello, is anyone there? And he's like, uh-oh. <laughs> Uh, somebody, I mean, it's still on, so somebody put this flashlight here very recently, and yet they, um, you know, they're not here. Like, did they get washed away by the river? Like, what's going on? And, uh, suddenly, uh, a, uh, a woman, young woman makes herself known from somewhere. She's, like, in a tree or something? She's, like, I think that, um... Uh, Haruraki is like down in like a valley, and then the yeah. woman is like kind of up, like a like another cliff. Yeah, yeah. She's he thinks at first that she's in a tree, and then it turns out she's actually just a little elevated up, like on some rocks. Mm. And she's friendly and is willing to help him. And her name is Chiemi Serizawa. She's home from college, visiting this remote village, uh, and. Uh, Right away, my first thought is, oh, so people are allowed to leave. <laughs> so it's not it's not like <laughs> one of those. Yeah, it's not the village. <laughs> yeah. She mentioned something about the Serizawa like, family name that like her family just took it a couple... Like, is that a famous name or something? Oh, yeah, he said, like, oh, from Shinsengumi, and, like, she's like, no. Yeah, I... I yeah, the Shinsen, it's something from the Shinsengumi. I'm not too familiar with the Shinsengumi myself. Yeah, okay. And as they walk toward the village, they introduce themselves, and Chiemi is, so she's home from college, she's 21. Our boy Haruaki is 24. He's a graduate student. He's a graduate student. Every decision that has been made up until now is explained by this information. What is he a graduate student in? Doesn't matter. He's a graduate student. <laughs> All of these things makes a bad breakup. Makes sense. Uh, <laughs> bad, you know, doesn't know how to fix his own bike, even though he bought one for $8,000. Makes sense. Um, so, yeah, no, everything about this, um, everything about this checks out, is what I'm saying. Yeah, a road bike that he took into the woods. Yeah. You know, th there's one thing here that doesn't check out. I gotta tell y'all, the more we talk about him, the more I'm kind of liking him now. What's that? What's that? The only up? thing that doesn't check out is that he wore a helmet. <laughs> With all the other stupid shit that he's done, he wore a helmet. And he brought a second. Yeah, he had a spare one. <laughs> and he had a, spell a spare helmet. It's very 24. It's just, you know, they're nailing the that age range. I thought you were, you meant the show. <laughs> It's very Jack Power. Where's the second helmet? <laughs> Known to be prepared. I was like, no way we're doing that twice in a row. 
<laughs> Can I say, though, it does sound like a Minorikawa move, so that's why I slowly flex him. That's fair, yeah. The more we talk about him, yeah. I don't think he he doesn't put himself into it as much as Minorikawa. Like, Minorikawa would have that bike fixed. Spoilers for later. But, um, yeah. Well, Minorikawa is also older. You know, he's more experienced. This maybe young Minorikawa wouldn't have known how to fix the bike. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Minorikawa origin story. It's not going nuts here, but yeah, all right, sure. But overall, our boy is, I think he's like, he's overly polite on the outside, and then his interior monologue is like a lot more like chastising of people or like critical of what's, of like himself and the situation and stuff like that, Um, which also feels like kind of tropey for these kinds of visual novels or like this kind of thing, like... um, where it's like, oh, yeah, he's, like, being really nice on the outside, but then his internal monologue is, like, ugh, whatever, like, judgmental of of, um, of people. And, uh, but he, I, the, the impression I get of him is that he is, uh, he does mean well. It's not, it's not trying to get across that, like, he's, he does secretly hate everyone on the inside. Like, no, he, he does, he's legitimately, like, trying to get through this and uh and as a good like good intentions in general it's just yeah. an idiot good but dumb yep yeah or um what are you gonna do sort of naive in a way or like in- inexperienced outside of his bubble of how life normally goes you know that's funny so um i've been working on this translation project for like a decade and the hero of that is very much like that too like that very kind of like you know, ignorant of things outside their space, kind of. You know, mm-hmm. I wonder. If, I wonder if that's like a Japanese horror trope. Isn't it just like a regular horror trope? No, no, it is specific to a culture. Okay, because I said <laughs> so. No, um, I'm trying to think like where the protagonist is like a like a young man who is kind of almost like like a city boy, like kind of yeah. spoiled. Yeah, and that then he is, has yeah. to go out into like the woods, and he like. Is but usually there's like another character that's like more like traditionally masculine who's like I know about the woods and I'm there I'm better than you because I yeah. know about cars and the woods. No, no, but later he's being very careful about him. He realizes that he doesn't know what this area is like and is being very careful not to upset any yeah. upset anyone. Yeah, yeah, which is not um, which is not playing into that kind of trope. Like he doesn't come in and assume that he knows everything. And he's not wrong. Like sometimes that trope is also where like that you end up sort of like they end up like offending someone in a way even you know what I mean but like uh, he's like kind of like careful around certain things and it ends up that he's he was kind of right to be careful yeah. you know mm-hmm. it's almost like uh, he would offend uh, Chimi right away like say something horrible about the village or something and they, they don't go into that trope yeah right exactly it definitely makes you feel like okay like this his reaction to being in the situation is getting sort of more and more reasonable you know like this is like you can relate you can be like oh if i was in this situation i might also do this you know i might also act Mm. this way um versus him being sort of either like really confused or like really arrogant he's just like a reasonable person who's like, okay, I need to, I need to be careful. I need to assess the situation. I'm not too scared, but I know that I'm in a dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. But it seems like he can. So, I mean, Chami seems very trustworthy. She's very casual with him because they're around the same age, and uh, she invites him to stay at her place uh, because, I mean, 
which is a which is, he thinks is going to be a house, but it's actually an apartment. Um, which is which is mm-hmm. cr- which is very strange. So they're just like in yeah. the woods, like the grass is really tall, everything's like you know grown over, and then there's just an apartment complex. Yeah, it's very out of place. Yeah, I was really thrown by that, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but she she lives in an apartment and uh, and he's like uh, normally I would I would be like no 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 I don't want to you know I don't want to do this but uh, but I am really desperate so yes I would like to stay at your apartment yeah right I just it's it, she's very casual like almost immediately she goes to just having some beers with him yeah and he's he's immediately like wondering why that is yeah <laughs> because. She's a strange man that she found in the woods. <laughs> yeah. And then she gets out a bunch of beer and snacks and is like, here, I have beer and snacks. Let's hang out. And she proceeds to get drunk. And he's very besotto. He, he asks her, like, don't you think this is dangerous? Like, don't you think you're <laughs> yeah. in a, are you in a dangerous situation? Like, because I'm in a dangerous situation. And she's like, time for a chammy quiz. Why do you think I don't feel like I'm in danger? And he's like, well, there's a lot of reasons why uh, you might feel that way. For one, maybe you're actually like a karate master and you could kick my ass. And so you're not intimidated or like two, maybe you want this to happen this way. So you're not afraid that, you know, if anything like sexual happens because like you're into it and and, and, like, he just like lists off (laughs) all these reasons. Lists off kinks. It basically goes through a list of things like, oh, yeah, okay, maybe you kick my ass, you know, maybe you want this to happen. This was, this was an entrapment quiz. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying it could happen. Maybe you have a French maid outfit. You want to yeah. do the apartment for me. I don't know. I'm just... But he's not like, he's not at, it's not like the stereotypical, like, horny protagonist kind of thing either. Like, he's, he's not quite... He's like not. He's not quite like. He's not like horny enough or like raunchy enough of a person to really get to that point. He's like. He's held back by his own sort of like logical mindset. He's not thirsty enough. Yeah. He's like. He's still like yeah. assessing this situation because he's like, this is a little weird. Like I like where it's going, but you know. he also has the theory that she's a serial killer and she lured him there to kill him. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's like maybe you'll kill me. <laughs> also, his kink. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> and then you have to choose what what your actual guess is about why she's doing this. Yeah. Yes. And by the way, whatever you, whatever you choose, she says she tells you you're, you're right. Oh. <laughs> I was wondering because okay. then yeah. yeah, yeah, and there's an, an option that we can choose that's that's locked under under it. Yeah. So she does also uh, say there's one that you missed, which is that if I left you alone and you died, I would feel really guilty about it. So I'm willing to take the risk. And uh, I think that's sort of, you know, betraying a little bit more of her her true feelings um, because she is mm-hmm. more aware of the danger that is here than he is. And um, she even says that he would, if he were out on his own, then he might get attacked by scary wild animals. And she lists lists a bunch of animals, and then finally says wolves. And uh, and Haraki says there aren't any wolves in Japan. <laughs> And she's like, there are here. <laughs> Sometimes, maybe, <laughs> there are. I don't know. Some people have seen them. <laughs> it could not happen. It could, just yeah, saying. Maybe there are. And which I, I didn't know. So I thought that was like an important thing for me as an American who doesn't know that there aren't any wolves in Japan to know that there aren't any wolves, despite there being a plethora of, of fox boys and fox imagery and such things, no wolves. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did not know that either, so that was good to know. 
We all dove down the same Google rabbit hole where it's just like, oh, they call them wolves, but they're not really wolves. There's these Japanese kind of wolves. Oh, I didn't. I didn't bother. Is that the, okay? Good. Good to know. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So then, um, they proceed to pass out from drinking, um, and, they, and uh, Haraki wakes up the next morning, and he's like, oh, he feels bad because he got drunk. And he looks over at Chimmy, who is very drunk, and she has thrown up in her sleep. Which is dangerous, kids. Don't do that at home. Just, no. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. Yes. Don't vomit in your sleep. <laughs> Lie on your side. Um, this is just, like, it's so much, right? Like, he's like, this is so much. <laughs> what do I do now? Do I, do I clean it? So he does. He cleans her up, and she doesn't wake up. He, like, tries to wake her up to tell her, like, what's going on, and she doesn't wake up. And, um... I mean, he cleans it, but it doesn't go overboard. It doesn't go into her hair and stuff. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't get the cute flex out of her hair. Yeah. She's like, listen, I'm a gentleman, but I ain't that much. Yeah, it's like, I don't, this is like, you're, you're trying to help me, and then this happened. Like, what what's going on? And um, so then she finally starts to wake up, and he decides he's going to take a walk so that she can, like, you know, t- take a shower and everything and, and know that he's not there. And so he goes and, and takes a walk outside and sort of walks around the village now that it's daytime. And um, the first building that he... Or so, so first he walks outside, he like looks into the trees. And looking through the trees, he sees a white-haired girl who looks like Rikako, but real. And uh, he like looks at her and then uh, like looks away and then loses sight of her. Um and so, yeah, so our tutorial character is real, and here she is. She was looking at us through the through the trees, and uh, he finds some footprints in the mud, so he tries to follow to see where she went, and he comes across a prefab building that looks like a construction site that was closed due to a landslide, and that the landslide might have happened recently. Um, so, like, big everyone here is already dead energy right away, right? Because yeah. we got bike accident, where he's mysteriously unharmed, big landslide that would have killed a bunch of people that recently happened, but the village is fine, no one, ever, there's still people around, you know? Like, there's a lot of that. Mm. Like, I'm like, mm, mm. <laughs> uh, I could see it. And he finds, so there's nobody at the construction site. He uh, continues walking and finally passes by. Like uh, He sees several houses or homesteads with rice paddies in front. Um, and the only thing that sticks out to him from it being just sort of a normal rural area is that there are several intentionally placed large boulders that are just like around. Um, and those are unusual to him. Um, he doesn't know what they signify. Uh, then something legitimately creepy happens, which is that he starts walking sort more inward towards sort of the, the village center, and um, oh, also everything's still super overgrown. Like they don't they don't yeah. mow the grass yeah. in the main and the village. The buildings are maintained too, but everything's overgrown. Yeah, so it looks like a ghost town, and suddenly. Uh, music or tone starts playing from some speakers, um, sort of like the intro to like. Like, bing bong, bing bong, it's time for the morning announcement. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, a, a, an old lady comes out from somewhere uh, wearing a triangular cloth 
covering her face. Until until her sprite fades out, and then the mask fades first, and then you see her <laughs> face. But, you know, yeah, yeah, I got the idea. Raging Loop. <laughs> and uh, she goes up to one of the many boulders and seems to sort of, like, pray to it, or just, like, you know, like, come up and, like, acknowledge the the different boulders in the, in the village. Um, like, some kind of, like, mourning ritual, like religious ritual. This terrifies our main character, like, and he hides and he's like, oh boy, oh boy. I almost want to say that it was an overreaction at this point. Like the game is trying to put forth that it's kind of creepy and yeah, it kind of is. But the our main character is like terrified and runs away. It's like, it wasn't that scary. <laughs> she likes rock. She's going to kill me. Yeah. I like, this is like young Homer Simpson. The more, the more we talk <laughs> oh. about him, I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> and he immediately, so now he's like, okay, is this like, you know, is this going to be a horror movie? Is this going to be a murder murder village? Um, he immediately like suspects Chiemi as like a lure, like a get out scenario where like, she's like, no, I'm from the outside. Come back and meet my family. And then they're going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so he's like very... He's very suspicious, so he's like, I'm, I'm gonna go. He, like, gets his things, and, uh, or he already had his things, and he's like, oh, but I should, I should pay Chiemi back for the beer, so he, like, puts some money into her, like, mail drop, and he's like, I'm gonna go, uh, and, uh, as he is gonna do that, there's, uh, some, some eyes peeking out from one of the other doors in the apartment complex, and, uh, and it's, uh, let's see, and they, <laughs> there's, Three kids, uh, and one of them screams real loud, and uh, he like falls. He's like ah, and then he screams, and then he falls backwards like down the stairs. It is pretty like comical. It's a very slapstick moment. And so then they're then they're like, oh god, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Everything. Are you what's? Are you okay? And they're like, yeah, we're okay. And it's these two boys. Yeah, we briefly meet a few of the more a few more ancillary characters, which. Mochi, school age kids. Which is, yeah, there's two school age kids, and then there's like a school age girl. Mochi, Haru, and I forget what the dependable one's name is. Yasunaga. Yasunaga. Yeah. So Yasunaga seems like kind of a more normal person. All of his responses are very practical. Um, he Maybe a answers. Older, he looks bigger. Yeah, yeah. Answers Haruaki's questions. And then Mochi is there just kind of being childish. And Haru is there just to freak out and scream at the thought that you spent the night with um, GME. Don't like this part. Not a fan of this part. <laughs> no. Two out of three characters are duds for me. It's very mm-hmm. like, oh, a bunch of kids appear and they assume that this strange man was paying Chiemi for sex for some reason. And, um... Yeah. It's slipping a 5,000 yen bill in the door. <laughs> yeah, it's because he tries to leave. Yeah, he tries to leave and he slips the yen through the door because I guess he does... She was, like, super hungover and, like... Well, he was paying her back for the liquor, right? Yeah. He, and he, like, does it. He was gonna leave because he was creeped out by the village, and he was like, I'm just gonna go. I'm not gonna, like, bother doing any more of this. She's, she's hot, but not that hot. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, <laughs> not crazy village hot, right. So then Chiemi shows up, and she's, uh, you know, kind of a... She she's she's a yes and kind of person, you yeah. know. So so she shows up and she immediately starts being like, "Now I'll never be able. Now I'll never be able to be a bride." And like all this <laughs> stuff, like as if he had raped her. <laughs> and um, and the kids like start freaking out. And then she's like, "Just kidding." Funny jokes about sexual assault. Which 
Isn't that funny, kids? Oh, I kind of read that as like a virginity thing. Yeah. That's like, well, yep, he paid me for sex. Now I'm not, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, but she's yeah. like crying about it. She's like, puts like her face like darkens yeah. and she's like, oh, no, never. All right. Well, I, I preferred my reading, even though it was wrong. Um, no, it's, I, yeah, I get it now. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a lot. It's a yeah, lot. It is. Yeah. I'm, I, I did totally miss that on my first. Of course, she but. stops it before it goes too far. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's also like, I don't know. I feel like this is also like a very, like, I'm in, I'm in, co- I'm 21 and I'm in college and I'm a cool girl <laughs> kind of, kind yeah. of joke, <laughs> joke style. <laughs> um, but she also clearly has a history of teasing these, these kids, you know, cause they all grew up together and they're younger than her. Mm-hmm. And uh, she tells them to go to school. And uh, the kids mention uh, regarding a stranger being in the village that this is the second one in two days. And so mm. he's like, oh, no. So there's more visitors here. Uh, but they don't they don't follow up. And uh, this is when Chemi explains that this is a student dorm. That's that's what this apartment <laughs> is. It's a student dorm. What? Yeah, for for college kids coming home and for high school students. High school students whose parents all live in the village. Yeah, well, do, do they? One of them does, but the other two. Oribe does, yeah. Yeah, but the other two doesn't seem to. One of them is well, Haru has a grandfather, but yeah. Mochi yeah. has no one as far as I can tell. Where? Just Why alone. is weird? <laughs> Why? Why do they all live together in an apartment with no adults? <laughs> Because it's fucked up village. It's fucked up horror village. And you don't parents? understand our ways, city city slicker. They have to set the pieces up. Like, at this point, I kind of caught on. It's like, okay, we're we're meeting these characters rapid fire. We're only getting a piece of them. They're just setting up the pieces. Yeah. Maybe in Tokyo, you do things a certain <laughs> way. But here, where things are, you know. When kids are in we school. We get our children out of the house. Out of the house. Not got to cook your own food, age 12. Get, 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 get the fuck out. <laughs> I ain't yeah, making exactly. you breakfast anymore. Here's 18 <laughs> coddling them. Here's your home ec, a studio apartment. Deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then we learn about the, the river and the area that... Um, where Haraki uh, uh, crashes bike. The name of the river is the Saranaga Rapids, and the area around it is referred to as Saranaga. Um, mm-hmm. It's it, man, it's, it sounds like a death stranding. Honestly, the lore is that the 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 legend is that that's that's a river where the dead come back to life. Yeah, and this this freaks everybody out. <laughs> come in from the river. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure we all had the same thought then is that this is where um, Haraki came from, right? So shenanigans are going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So people are going to believe that he's a he's a bad omen for sure because he that she found him around mm-hmm. the river. And he even says, like, am I in danger <laughs> to Jimmy? And she says, no, but you should escape as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, yeah. And she uses the word escape. That's such a great answer. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, so, like, the whole time, like, there's this weird, like, rapport between Haruaki and Chiemi, but the situation, like, neither of them are denying the situation that he is in is very scary and, like, very dire, and that he is actively mm. in danger by being here. Yeah, everything that Jamie says, it's like she's playing it off like a joke. And I have a feeling that, you know, when it gets down to the wire, she's going to be like, okay, 
it's serious time now. You need to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she's going to do that by introducing him to the town elders. So they head to the mm-hmm. dining hall. Um, which, again, is one of those things like it's a very large building taken care of, but in the middle of just complete overgrowth. Yeah, it's like everything is just out of place. Yeah, and it doesn't make any sense. Like, And uh, as they're going, they, they see someone, because there's rice fields there, which is he had seen before, and there's someone working in the rice fields. There's, there's a, a man working in there. And they're mm-hmm. clearly being cared for, but they can't mow the rest of the lawns. <laughs> Yeah, I'm expecting an explanation, like for some, there's some ritual, like religious reason why they never mow the grass. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. We also forgot that Tiami deliberately gave him breakfast before going to the dining hall. Oh, yeah. And they make a big point of it. She gives him like, you know, uh, just instant ramen or something. Uh, yeah. So that, you know, they'll be like, oh, you, we don't go eat at the dining hall. That's for locals. You're going to eat here and some prepackaged stuff. <laughs> Very suspicious. Why would he not want to eat the food? What does the food do to you? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a trope too, right? The whole like don't yeah. eat the food of the whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. The dead, the gods, the you know, the forbidden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Chemi explains some stuff about the area. Like she says that the, the those big boulders. She's like, oh, those are like charms. They've been here forever. Like for her, she's just like, yeah, it's just a thing that's here has some spiritual significance. And um, she also explains that the school that those kids go to is uh, all the way up the hill uh, from where they are. And later we learn that there's another larger town on the other side of the little mountain that they that they're on. And that's where the school is. It's like it's the officially the same place. It just divided into a larger place and this like tiny village. It seems yeah, abandoned. It's like a like a satellite of the of the whatever this this larger village is um and anyway at the at the they go to the dining hall and they meet three of the people who live there uh there's they're greeted initially by like this woman in her 30s um a little bit older who's uh who's um seems almost like a hostess and of course is immediately shocked when she sees uh haruki and uh then they there's an older guy and is like 60s and a and then an older woman that, that probably it's the profile of the um of the old woman that had the cloth on her face before um and he gets introduced to these people uh right mm. away uh, actually they, they don't even say anything they just obviously these are the elders that he's going to be talking to right yes and the, the older woman her name is Tai I guess Tai yeah and they call her Tai Ba Tai Tai so she is like the sort of a, like a he's like oh this must be like a spiritual leader type type person like she's not in charge but she's important and she says that uh, Haraki must be a yomibito and he's like ah oh, a river river zombie or something like uh, somebody who has come back from the realm of the dead and mm. um, and as he suspected they would say about him because he came from the river and um Chiami starts by explaining, like explaining what the deal is to them, and speaking on on his behalf. And then um, the older man, who is uh, his name is Kanzo, and she, uh, he's like he's kind of like are you, you know are you like going to let this girl speak on your behalf or something like that? And and the Haraki's like no, I just you know, and he's very very polite. He like explains himself. He's like I wanted to let her speak first because I'm an outsider. You know, and he, ta- he explains how he got here, and, and he's like, please, I don't want to stay here any longer than I have to. I just need your help. 
to, you know, to leave. I, I want to leave. And, um, and they're kind of like, okay, you know, he seems like, he seems like a polite young man. Uh, they judge him for having dyed hair though, which I think is so funny because like normally, it, you know, if you're playing a game like this, you're not ever thinking that anybody's hair color matters, you know, that it's just like arbitrary, but. Um, oh yeah. They could be just purple or green or whatever. Yeah. Right, but yeah. so he dyed his hair brown. So his hair is black and he dyed it brown and they're judging him from having dyed his hair brown so that he can look like Leon Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These bumpkins. Uh never understand our ways. Um and then he meets uh let's see. So yeah, we got Tai, we got Kanzo, and then um Kaori. Yeah, uh she's the she doesn't introduce herself for like a bit, but yeah, she's she's also there. And she seems like she like kind of like runs the dining hall yeah. more than like being a village elder. And uh and then, uh, so Kanzo's like, okay, we'll, we'll go check out your bike. And, uh, and he talks about, uh, Takumi, who ends up being the big man that they saw in the field. And he shows up and he's a very large man, uh, <laughs> like very, like large, well-intentioned man, Takumi, um, yeah. who is about the same age as Kaori. And then they're like, oh, they have, do they have like a thing? They have a thing. They like, you know, he likes her. Yeah. They said it. Kaori is either widower, and apparently they look like they have a thing between them. Drama. So them saying that the, this this was like werewolf was set off a trigger in my head. In that, any time a new character showed up, I was like, "Oh, that person's a werewolf!" Like, <laughs> yep. I'm yeah. He's I have theories on who's a werewolf, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but then we finally, I, well, maybe she said it one before, but we finally get like officially like the name of the village that they're in. The village that they're in is named Yasumizu. And uh, they they talk about it and they say it multiple times so that you remember that the name of the village is Yasumizu. And uh, and so the, the the elders seem like, you know, they're they're sa- they're satiated with this whole like they're satisfied with this whole um exchange and excuse and plan going forward. So Kanzo and Takumi go to get the bike and uh, Kaori like offers Haraki like tea and food and stuff like that. And he's like, oh yeah, sure. Like, thank you so much. And Chami's like, no, we gotta, we gotta go. We gotta go. I'm gonna go. Uh, you, you know, you, we, we're gonna he, go use the phone. He has, he has to use the phone. Yeah. 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 There are a few weird things here that they're subtle, but they're good setups and I want to see where they go. Like, um, Chami, you know, trying to keep Hararaki from eating any of the food, drinking any of the tea, but also there was, um, a time where he was thinking about, you know, they're getting my bike for me. They're doing all this stuff for me. I should go help them. And, uh, Chami has to explain to him, no, that's not how we do things here. They said, leave it to them. So that's what you do. You leave it to them. You don't get involved. Yeah. So apparently there's just one phone in this entire village and no cell phones work. No. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's a rotary phone. Yeah. This, uh, what, happen- the landline? <laughs> what happens next, I think, is mo- one more tick in the hierarchy is stupid column, which is oh, that yeah. he freaking calls roadside assistance and they're like, you're too far outside your, your like coverage area. <laughs> um, you so it's going to cost you. 
you didn't buy or you didn't buy a good enough plan. Um, so it's going to cost him like an extra thousand dollars for them to come and pick him up. And he is his life is in danger. And he's like a thousand. I'll consider it and hangs up. on them. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll defend him a bit. Right. Because if you are like if you don't have the money and stuff, maybe then it is one of those things where you go. Maybe I'm not in mortal danger. They seem okay. You know what I mean? Like, you could maybe convince yourself at that point, you know? I just dropped 8,000 on the bike. Like, maybe I'll lose an arm at the worst. <laughs> the guy ran scared from it, scared for his life from an old lady praying to a rock. <laughs> no, I know. But I, no, no, no. But I'm saying I think this is like a human nature thing where it, it's like, shit, that's really going to fuck up my life for a bit. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make rent next month and shit. Maybe I'm not in mortal danger. Maybe I was thinking of this. Wrong. You know what I mean? That like thing where you convince yourself like, all right, maybe maybe I was a little harsh on rock lady. I don't know. You know, <laughs> maybe there's a perfectly reasonable. But Tammy's like, call. She's like, call literally anyone. You need to call like everyone you've got. Pull out all the stops. Get somebody that's mm-hmm. going to come get you. And roadside assistance will come get him. But it's a thousand dollars. And he's like, mm. nah, I, I hear you. I don't know. I I didn't think I didn't think this was. It's not. It was not a good move, especially that he's in a horror movie and all that stuff. But I could. This is this is not quite the. Why did you go in that basement, you fool? Thing for me. Yeah. Well, also it points out that the guys in the bike shop told him to get the good insurance when he bought the bike. They're like, well, yeah, that part, you yeah. probably should get the good one. Yeah. But I'm just that kind of guy. <laughs> I yeah. cheap out on my insurance because I'm that kind yeah. of guy. I think he's just he's embarrassed because he got himself into the situation by like making like an emotional decision to like go on a drive right. and then he just like fucked it up so so badly. So like it's like the thousand dollars is like a reminder of like you you made such a mistake that you have now cost yourself a thousand dollars and probably ruined your bike. <laughs> But uh, so they they head back to the dining hall after the call, and um, he says that he wants to he's gonna he wants to try to repair it. And uh, they they when they get back to the dining hall, there's a new group of people there, um, including um, Kaori's other son and younger brother of Yasunaga Yoshitsuku Oribe, who is a Try hard. <laughs> Edge yeah. Lord. It's a very specific trope. Who's trying very hard. The kind of, yeah. We saw this trope in um, Shibuya Scramble as well of like this kid who's just like always picking a fight with everybody and like is actually like, you know, like super, super like glass cannon, like just always like yelling at everyone, calling, calling people names, but like absolutely cannot handle anyone doing anything to him. What I really like is, is, he gets into this argument with um, Hadaraki where Chiemi's kind of defending him and um, what, what's the dude's name? The delinquent? Yoshitsuku. Yoshitsuku. Yoshitsu, Yoshitsu. Delinquent. You can call him Yoshi. Yeah, Yoshi. Yeah, that's one character that we can abbreviate, thankfully. Yeah. Um, so Yoshi just kind of, you know, starts making fun of Chiami and calling her stupid or a hag, and uh, Haruaki kind of joins him, and he's like, "Yeah, let's make fun of her together." And he Sorry, doesn't. I'm imagining Yoshi doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I will punch you in the back of the head if you keep making fun of her. 
<laughs> no, fuck you, Mario. What the fuck, you piece of shit? Yeah. <laughs> Yoshi. But he's saying Yoshi over and over again. Anyway, um, he's like pointing and saying Yoshi. Like, <laughs> Yoshi, Yoshi. You know, this is how Yoshi ended up uh, evading taxes later on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just, just that kind of... Uh, he has that outward appearance, but I, I think... That scene kind of shows that he he's not really bad. He's just a try hard. Yeah, yeah that's that's what Jamie says to it. That like he gives out appearances, but he's really a good a good kid. Oh, does he give out appearances? <laughs> yeah, he's got a look. He has got a look. He's got some of these sprites, boy. <laughs> I'm unclear if this school has a uniform because the two boys were in uniform. The girl might have been in uniform, but she had just, like, a bunch of accessories all over her. And then this boy is obviously not in uniform. He's wearing, like, a... He's wearing, like, um... A, an orange jacket with that's just open. With, like, a sash. Yeah. yeah Waka-looking ass. Like, his... <laughs> <laughs> His, his hair is like ter- brushed upward and then it's like dyed uh, yellow and it's just very loud looking and literally loud. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, his mom tells him to go to school and he's like, I'm not going to go to school. I'm not going to go to school, mom. That's for nerds. <laughs> and so it was su- such a difficult life for this single mother of two sons who, you know, couldn't be more opposites, honestly. Yeah. And, uh, then uh, Haraki finds out that there are even more outsiders here than than him. So there was the mysterious girl that showed up yesterday, who's a child, who just like showed up and was also found in the area around the river, and she doesn't have any memory of where she came from. No, she 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 seems to be here just to fulfill the uh, requisite creepy singing child quota. <laughs> And then there's two journalists here, like two like regular ass journalists that drove here in a van the normal way. And um, and I, that that just kind of like cracked the whole mystique for me of like, oh, no, like this is this is like a normal place. You know, I we don't even get to see these guys. I don't know if we're going to see them later, but I have a feeling these these we see them for a bit. Yeah, we see them. The two reporters. But not right now. Yeah. yeah. Huh, I must have forgotten. It's the woman and the, the large guy. The largest photographer. Oh, I thought that I thought that they No, I thought that it was those two plus two other people. No, no, it's those That's two. weird. Are you the werewolf, Polahoka? Yeah. No, of course not. I'm I'm uh innocent. The forgetful werewolf. No, I don't know. Um <laughs> So we don't meet them right now, uh, but we find out more about the surrounding area and there's even a map. Like Haraki like draws a map and we find out that the nearest settlement, the settlement at the top of the hill, is named uh Kamifujiyoshi. And uh then this is uh, so th- that's like the other half, like the main uh the main city. The entire place is named Fujiyoshi, and Kami Fujiyoshi means Upper Fujiyoshi, and the up the hill. That's why it's named that. Yeah, it's kind of split between like the area that we're in now, which is like a ghost town, and then the area on the top of the hill, which is more like a developed city with like I think they said a population of around a thousand. Yeah. So they're not that far away. It's an hour by foot. It's not far. Not that far away. It's 20 minutes in the car, so it's clearly how the kids are getting there. And on a motorcycle, it's... Well, you just don't get there. You, you don't get there, right? <laughs> Depends on how fast you go down the hill. <laughs> you don't want to go down that road. Trying to get to Kami Fujiyoshi. Not on motorcycle, you're not. 
but so, uh, like when, when they talked about the journalists being there, I was like, you could just leave with them, get them to give you give you a ride back to wherever they came from. Like, what? What do you? There are so many outs here, just like so many of them. Yeah, there were so many ways. <laughs> but that's, I, I, I guess that's what I'm kind of getting at too. Is I don't think he's taking this seriously anymore. You know what I mean? Like now he's just like, all right, they're cool with me. They know I'm trying to leave. You know, this girl gave me beer. Even Chammy is like, you're like a little too curious. Like you really should like, she's like, I can tell that you're curious about this village. And she's like, but you really should leave. And he's like, I know. Don't they change trade contact info actually at the rotary phone? Yeah. So that's, it's funny. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause I'm wondering then too, if that's her just like, okay, here, I'll give you my number. Now get the fuck out. You know, kind of thing. Well, yeah. And she also says you're number 53 on the list where she's like, well, you get my number, but you don't really get my number. Yeah. Which is kind of discouraging thing. Right. Every, it, everything is either very suspicious or very not suspicious. It's it's hard to tell. Mixed messages, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Anyway, so no, I'm kidding. So the um, the two men return carrying his bike, and they're just carrying it like they just picked up the motorcycle and they're carrying it between the two of them. And uh, Haraki is like, "Whoa, okay." Um, yeah. Oh, and and to, just to point out that Kanzo Sprite is he's super ripped for an old guy too. So yeah, <laughs> they are both very large. <laughs> He's like that guy from Tekken. I like Hihachi. Hi yeah. yeah. The grandfather, yeah. <laughs> and then he throws Haruaki off a volcano, right? Yeah, like, clearly he wanted to. I mean, was, there's also an implication at some point that, like, the normal thing that they, like, used to do in, like, olden times is that visitors would be thrown off the cliff into the Saranaga. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's about to be implied because we have to go mm-hmm. get repair tools. Yeah, we've got f- two flat tires, and we, of course, we bought a second helmet, but we don't have the tools to repair it for that. No, and Chammy's like, you didn't bring a, you didn't bring like a toolkit. Isn't that normal for people with motorcycles? And he was like, look, I'm not making any excuses. Okay, I was having a moment. I read the wrong novel. It was Zen and the Art of Having a Second Helmet, <laughs> <laughs> which was still really useful for sure. I mean, it's good to have, good to wear your helmet. And Chammy doesn't totally believe that he was having that, like his girlfriend left him, which I think is very charitable. <laughs> <laughs> and she says uh, there might be some tools in the Nosato Mansion, um, you know, just a casual mansion. Like even though we're in the middle of nowhere in a village that has ten people in it, there's still a mansion here, of course. Right. <laughs> so they go there, and it's like western style there's like an iron gate with like a pattern in in the like iron rot and stuff and the man who comes out to yell at them is like i guess he's dressed in like a well very importantly he has a a vest and a a shirt uh pressed shirt and also a bolo tie (laughs) yeah what tie a bolo bolo tie tie. he's got the strings uh it's it's i just feel like that's like it's like a very like okay you're um you're you're very much like trying to look like some sort of like western rich guy You're putting on airs. <laughs> yeah, like why why are you out here dressed like Colonel Sanders? <laughs> <laughs> it's he he's he's very unpleasant but in such an over the top way that it's like funny and entertaining. Yeah, he's kind of like Edgeworth or something. Yeah, his name is Kyunosuke and he immediately calls out Haraki for not knowing what kind of tires he has on his own motorcycle. And he Which, says, fair. you should just pay money to get roadside assistance to come pick you up. Which is self-aware, but funny. Yeah. Um, and, and Haraki does not know how to 
how did what kind of tires he has. But um, Chami convinces uh, Nosato to let them look in his garage. And they, they look in his garage and they get some tools to fix the bike. And even though he doesn't have tools, he does have the like owner's manual for the bike. And so he follows the instructions in that manual um, for like how to change the tire. And it's um, it's rough going in the beginning. He also, uh, in his internal monologue, lets us know that he has had this bike for less than a month. So, which tells me that things have been going downhill in this relationship for a while. Uh, so it got to the point where he mm-hmm. bought a motorcycle. Maybe the motorcycle is the crux of the problem. That was the tipping point. Yeah, I think so. I think the motorcycle was the tipping point. Um, or is that thing like you already knew that it was over and then you bought a motorcycle and she's like, yeah, it's definitely over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she was, I bet she left him because she was like, I need you to grow up and like stop like be like playing Resident Evil and like liking childish things and he was like well I'm gonna buy a motorcycle about it and then she was like I can't believe you bought a motorcycle you really are never gonna grow up and then she left <laughs> one day he comes home with the Leon hairdo and she just yeah. sighs am I right gamers no respect <laughs> <laughs> gotta get yourself a gamer wife Haraki someone who understands if you don't get rid of this Capcom memorabilia <laughs> <laughs> It's it's them or me, and it's this three quarter scale <laughs> nemesis figurine or me. Yeah, <laughs> you're not, you're no Aerith. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Huh. Anyway, <laughs> so then as he's fixing the bike, we meet the journalists. They arrive and they're in a van, a van that could drive him to Kamifujiyoshi. <laughs> A van, you could probably put a motorcycle in the back. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. It's like an equi- a van full of equipment. Uh, yeah, no, that one I thought he could do. Well, he had an excuse for that, though, didn't he? Or no? I don't know. No. He probably came up with something. No, because oh, no, right. he doesn't think. No, wait, wait, wait. Is this the point where he was like, before or after, he kind of goes to Chami like, you know, you can come with me if you want. And she's like, you know, I don't really like it here. Maybe I could come with you, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. He talks while he's fixing it. Yeah, and it was like, well, you've got you've to get the bike fixed yeah. first, so you're on a time limit. Yeah, I, I think at this point, he thinks, he's, he thinks he's really close to fixing the bike and he can live on his own. So that's right. probably why he doesn't okay. go into it. Oh, and by the way, while he's repairing the bike, uh, Kaori brings out food, and uh, mm. Jimmy eats it all accidentally. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, the so the the people, the journalists are so. There's um, a a food blogger named uh, Hisako, and uh, and a photographer named Yudai, and. Uh, she like Hisako introduces herself and she's like very like have you listened to my podcast like you know have you heard of it yeah. I mean it's a, I, it's okay if you haven't I mean like not very many people you know it's I'm not that big of a deal but like, it's very that <laughs> um, like almost like embarrassed I mean visual novel book club is pretty popular so <laughs> yeah it's 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 like she's like kind of already embarrassed about uh, about what she does but she's very very friendly and. Um, she starts talking about, you know, that she goes, she's, she does like a, you know, weird food travel blog. And, uh, and her partner is a photographer and he's also an extremely large man, but in a way, mm-hmm. in a different way than Takumi is a large man. He's like, this is like a sumo wrestler. Like he's just like, he's large in every dimension. He's not mm-hmm. just like super ripped. He's just extremely huge. 
And he doesn't really talk. Uh, he just, you know, communicates through the language of photos. His sprite's very large, too. Yeah, it takes over the whole screen. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, but not a not a fat joke kind of large yet. Although I am very suspicious. Not yet. I'm cautious. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. The fact that he the fact that he's a very large man who doesn't speak is already almost like a fat joke because it's like, oh, is he stupid or something? Like, I, it's it's not. I've, I don't have high hopes. It's tropey. You know what I mean? It's like that kind of, um, you know, like you encounter like. It's like Chewbacca, almost like, you know, this is like a big person who doesn't speak. It's almost like that. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. But uh, I don't know, like a gentle giant. That's kind of yeah, where I'm like going for it. Yeah. yeah. So not yet. Yeah. But like maybe, you know, yeah. side eye it a little side eye it if you must. Sorry, then, uh, so then they get they get led away by uh, Kaori, who has promised that she's like, are you finally going to let me try this like local dish that you that you promised? And then they're like, yeah, we'll we'll come. We'll finally come come let you eat this food. So that's like, hmm. Yeah, the eating thing with all the very obvious signposting they're doing about the food being dangerous. Yes. I wonder if, like, I I don't know that much about this particular trope, but it seems like potentially eating the food, like, traps you there or, like, puts you, like, makes, maybe, like, makes you, like, a member of the village in a way that, like, counts for, like, whatever murder ritual is about to happen. Um, But then that means that some people want it to happen. Like, they're trying to make it happen. I don't know if you've ever read the Zen myth Spirited Away, but uh, that's plainly eating forbidden fruit. No, I um. Oh, but isn't that like it, that's specifically about the spirit world, and they're not they're not yeah, in the no. spirit world as far as we know. Oh, I mean, they're similar to like the the fairy world, and the, yeah. there's yeah. many um, things that are like that of being trapped once you eat. What's the other one? What's the one too? Pan's Labyrinth, where you know you're not supposed to eat the if it's not for you, don't eat it, basically. But other people, yeah, it's so it is interesting. They're trying to do that. That's also that's another that's a trope in Siren, which this game reminded me of with y- Yomibido, even though that's not it. It's Yamabido in Siren too, but. Of the whole, like, yeah, you eat something that you're not supposed to, and then you're cursed. So maybe they're trying. Maybe they're trying to get more people in the village. I don't know. In the horror movie, the stuff. If you eat the stuff, it kills you. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> well, that's just stuff. But it's stuff. That's clearly not. There's no mythology behind it. It's literally just, just stuff. Oh, the mythology boy. is that you can't get enough of the stuff. In the horror movie that was my office, and someone would steal lunches from the fridge, you were cursed for a turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. Oh my god, it's a, I get the metaphor now. <laughs> That's what this has all uh, been about. So So Haraki, he's like almost he's almost fixed his bike, but it's it's too late. Things and the sun starts to set and things start to feel oppressive for some reason. And and he's like he's gotta like get up and walk around. And he hears a little girl singing in the distance, and he follows the sound to a very spooky, very large tree in the middle of a clearing, and it's surrounded by uh, sto- propped up stones in the ground that look like gravestones. Look, looks like it looks like he's in a graveyard or some side, some sort of sacred site. Wasn't it also on the edge of the riverbank or like above the riverbank? Yeah, yeah it's it, closer it, it to the river. Yep. It's also, I guess maybe it might be worth mentioning the song she sings, at least in English, is total nonsense, yeah. where uh-huh. it's like the baloney tree and things like the The singing is creepy, but like the lyrics are not. It's the, it's the same melody as what he heard in the morning. 
So she's singing oh, the same we song. We did skip over uh, uh, one uh, sort of prophetic part. Was right before he hears the singing, a weird old man shows up. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. I love the old man. Yes. We forgot about him. Yes. The best character. Oh, he owns so hard. I love him. Just a weird old man. He's just like, ah, it's coming. And he's like, what? And eventually the old man gets out. The wolf is coming. And, uh, and, you know, because, you know, Jimmy's like the master of the obvious. He shows up and she's like, oh, yeah, that's the old man who cried wolf. You know, that's, that's, that's who that is. We don't even know his name. It's what we call him. Also, the way they draw this old man is like he's old. Like his I hands are kind of gnarled up. He's got the long fingernails. He's got like half his teeth missing. He's got his mouth open all wide. His eyes are bugged out. Exactly what you would imagine. Yes. And and when when he like kind of at one point he like laughs like and it's so goddamn funny <laughs> like his sprite for it he's so happy and so you know I bet he makes it all the way to the end oh for, oh yeah yeah hey, I mean he's the he's the character that like if you kill him he, he's the one that wins yeah <laughs> he's the jester <laughs> oh, come back more powerful than you could possibly comprehend. <laughs> Yeah. He's the jester or whatever of mafia. Yeah, the the yeah. Oh my god. Um so uh he's a remnant of despair. <laughs> we call it ultimate despair. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah, so um when Haraki finds the little girl singing, she trips and falls and he runs to help her up, which means he enters this hollowed ground area. And as soon as he does, the text suddenly uh, changes, uh, and it appears sort of like a a bad sentence diagram. Remember sentence diagrams, kids? Uh, so, like, it's like the subjects and the objects, and there's like arrows between them, and so to, to get the point across of like, uh, you he's know, not thinking straight. It just like his mind only can figure out concepts, but not complete sentences. Yeah, it's actually kind of an interesting way of showing that the main character is not thinking right, or not thinking clearly. I love this, honestly. I absolutely adore this sort of thing. Um, yeah, it reminded me a lot of uh, the short story 1408, not the John Cusack movie so much because, like, basically when he's in the hotel room, he can't think straight, and he has a tape recorder with him, and he starts kind of saying nonsense into it. Not as to this degree, but that always bothered me in a horror concept where your, like, mind gets clouded and you can't quite, like, keep it together, you know? Yeah. If you've ever had a head injury, it's like the way you think. <laughs> like, need help. Go that way. Must see, you know, is this yeah. blood? Oh, no. Open door. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, and it's kind of hard to know or explain exactly what's going on here, but like something's happening. Yeah, well, which I didn't take notes for. Well, the, the so the girl falls down and he goes to help her, and then before he can get to her, um, the white haired girl from before, who I immediately I was like, oh, it's the white haired girl. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but the white haired girl appears and um, she tells him to run before he gets trapped here. And mm-hmm. uh, but it's too late. Uh, and uh, when the, he when he when he leaves that place and he gets back to the apartment, um, it's it's like it's too late. There's like a fog coming in, and mm-hmm. uh, Chemi and Takumi are already like they're they're talking to each other and they're they're already aware that something is happening. And Takumi is telling Chemi that she needs to hide, and she's like, wait, you know, she wants to 
uh, help Haraki and like tell him to hide. And Takumi is like, who cares? Like, forget him. Like, just you just need to go hide. And uh, Chami explains to him that they have to get somewhere that they can lock the doors. And there's this orange mist that's coming in and it starts to make them feel dizzy. And um, and she eventually uh, gets him to like an outhouse that's just like in the middle of a field and because it has a lock on the door. And she's like, you have to stay here, stay here in this outhouse, stay all night. Don't make any noise. Don't open the door. And if you I will explain everything to you tomorrow if you survive the night and um, and she's very serious. And so he mm-hmm. obeys her um, and uh, and then is like, okay, I guess I'm in here. And it takes about 10 minutes before he's like, is she serious? The mist is coming in. Like, it's wet in here. Like, I'm not protected from the mist. Like, so, he's like, so, so the mist can't be the problem. Is the mist... Oh. And then he says, is the mist going to turn me into a zombie? <laughs> <laughs> Just like Resident Evil? Just like a Japanese Resident Evil. Wait, no, that is Japanese. Yeah. Just like a biohazard. <laughs> And uh, so he's like, so it can't be like the mist that they believe is, is, is going to. Well, he's like, oh, but maybe if it is going to turn me into a zombie, they know it will. But since the door is locked, I won't be able to leave if I'm a zombie. Like, I won't be able to get out. And so then everyone will be protected from me as a zombie. So he's like, hmm, hmm. And he's like thinking about all of this. <laughs> and then he's like, wait, well, if, if, the, if the mist isn't the problem, then there must be something in the mist. Like that if I was to go outside, it would beat the shit out of me. And he's like, oh, but like, what could it be? And then he's like, doesn't really have any more time to think about it and he hears someone scream in the distance yeah and we, di- we didn't say that this is the most uncomfortable outhouse to spend the night i think <laughs> it's like a, it's a japanese style <laughs> which means the hole in the floor so he can't sit down and it's very small so he can't sit down yep 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 and it smells bad but he's like at least i have to go to the bathroom <laughs> that part's good <laughs> right <laughs> every cloud is a silver lining you know but uh, he doesn't. So then we have a choice when we hear the scream. But one of the choices is locked. Um, so right. we have to leave. So we go outside of the outhouse, and um, and he goes and tries to find where the scream is coming from. And he hears another scream, and then he hears the sounds of murder, <laughs> like mm-hmm. splashing sounds, and like someone bone crunching sinew. Yeah, and a um, wet sound that he can't identify, which is like never good. No. And so then he he walks into the village, and like through the fog, we get a CG of just this big ass wolf monster. Like, is this big gray wolf the size of a house with like it's like humanoids like standing upright, and it's got three red eyes. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know what to feel about this scene. Like. If this is if they want this to be a scary game, I think showing us the big goofy ass three eyed werewolf might not have been the best way to go. I feel like it's almost like a like a setup, like a bait and switch type thing. Yeah, yeah, Scooby Doo. Where like he sees that because the fog causes him to hallucinate or something like that, you know? Yeah, I think the game is going to play a lot with uh, is this. Um, supernatural or, or is this some kind of scientific thing some trick someone is playing yeah because he keeps trying to explain it in a scientific way like what could really be happening oh well, i guess if i think about it like that yeah and 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 i don't know where the game is going with that i mean it could go either way i'm, I'm really not sure at this point yeah but i agree with you paul if, if this is just if if they just play it straight to that that's not great but it, yeah, it, yeah it better be like a some kind of red herring 
It better be. <laughs> Your move, Raging Loop. So, we die. Um, it shows, like, it's, it's like, it's, we don't just die. Like, we get mauled by the wolf, but we're, like, still conscious the next morning when they find us. And it is implied that Chiemi shoots us to put us out of our misery because we're yeah. so mutilated. Oof. Which is a lot. Yeah. Yikes. If we get a key. We got key number two. Um, and we got a, we got a key That's what over. she shot us with. Yes. She <laughs> shot us with a key number two embedded into your skull. Now you can use it to open the door. What's better than a key blade, a key gun? <laughs> she like she does like me after all. Yeah. And this is the key to the most recent option that we had that was uh, going out of the outhouse. Yeah. But but we don't know that yet. We have to have a sheep explain it to us. <laughs> yeah, so the hit the right. hit sheep shows up who is a a, a deep voiced like gruff sounding uh, like adorable sheep friend who is smoking a cigarette. Sure. I don't know. As I mean, does. I've already seen Catherine. Like I'm kind of like over it. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I'm getting real Catherine vibes off it. Um, but uh, I have no f- I have no opinion on the hint sheep. But he explains to us that we can jump back in time using the scenario chart, and uh, he's like, "You could do it right now." And so as soon as he said that, I did it. I didn't listen to the rest of what he had to say. <laughs> you didn't miss anything. Yeah, no, nothing yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. So you can go back into the chart, and it's real. It's very in depth. Like you can really yeah. like it's really like scene by scene, um, and you can go back to the thing. And also, it shows in the. In the choice, when the choice reappears for you again, it shows like here's the key, and then the one that leads to death is marked by a red skull. Um, so it's very like I I like I appreciate it. I don't think it's patronizing. I find that games like this, especially when you're expected to like try to get many of the endings, like I appreciate that sort of making the UI very clear. Yeah, it's just convenient. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what you did skip, if, if you if you jumped straight away, you didn't see the, the the little small animation that happens before the game resets, which I find suspicious with the sheep. Mm. Yeah, there's a little scene where the sheep is like, it was all just a dream, one sheep, two sheep. Yeah, and it happens every time you die and the game starts over. So that's why he's a sheep. Hmm. Yeah, you didn't give the sheep lore a chance, Dvac. Yeah. Is this is well? Speaking of dreams and Catherine, is this going to be a trial that he's put through in order to test his love for his girlfriend who left him, <laughs> oh, God, or is this please, new please, God, girl no. that he's met in this village who suddenly entered the scene out of nowhere and is kind of suspicious, but also really hot. I don't know. Maybe his ex girlfriend is Chiemi with the IE switch. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I, I said that out loud before realizing what I was saying, and now I'm like <laughs> laughing at my own stupid thing that I said. <laughs> I'm into it though. Uh, Jamie. Jamie. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, who can say? I don't. He doesn't seem like that much of an asshole. He's just not. He's not enough of an asshole to get Catherine, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. We don't know enough about him yet. But I feel like he's he's not enough of an asshole to get Catherine. I think he's a good person deep down. You know what I mean? You, yeah. I, I feel like you should be rooting for his dumb idiot ass. Yeah, he's he's I he's. I mean, he's he's such a good person that he like ended up in this situation with this with this girl, and he's like, "Aren't you worried that you're in danger?" <laughs> 
<laughs> and like completely oblivious to the way that he must sound, the way that he, like, the way that he's talking, he must sound like a serial killer because he's so sure that he's not a serial killer that it would never even right, occur yeah. to him how suspicious that he he appears. Um, but you know what? I might be wrong. When we finally unlock key number four and he remembers his breakup, he might it might actually be a Silent Hill two situation. You know, I really don't mm-hmm. know. It could be. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm. Speaking of Silent Hill, I'm in the theory that this is a siren situation and that we are we are in the time loop now and he's trapped in this village and there's no way out and they're all doomed. The end. Mm. But he actually did die on that roll down the hill and then came back to life. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, but I think we're looping through and really what we need to do is check the bathroom and then uh, look at the baby <laughs> in the sink. Is it 11.59? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it could be so many things, right? The name of the game is Raging Loop, so yeah. it's a loop. What's what? What's it? Why is it so mad? So I haven't done any of the reading. I I think personally, I really would be disappointed if it just ends up. I think I said this earlier, like that it was just like, yeah, you know, you have new options now. Why not? You know what I mean? Like I, I hope they do something with the loop, even if it is like a simple. I am, I am feeling it'll be a little bit more than that. Yeah, I really hope so. That would that would make I think that would make Hadoraki as a character a lot more interesting. If he could time travel, yeah, probably. Well, no, like if if he had if he if he retains his memories, it, it, like it's not just I'm making a different choice now for no reason. It's like oh shit, if I leave the outhouse, I'm gonna get torn to shreds by a werewolf monster. I better not do that. Was this just a ploy to make us play Steins Gate again? <laughs> Mm. <laughs> this this visual novel does so far seem to be an amalgamation of many other visual novels that we have played before. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting yeah. to see where it starts to sort of differentiate itself as we go forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the good it's got good music. I like the music. I think it's a neat concept. You know, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to end up being like high art or anything like that. I think it's a oh, it's yeah. a well executed oh, yeah. concept. I'm I'm into it so far, yeah. I definitely want to know it. Like I'm totally on board just because of like I, like Devex said, the the conveniences that it offers you, like the stuff at the beginning where it says, "Okay," and there's there's even a part after you get key number two where it says, "Hey, I'm aware that this is marked key number two. Don't worry, you didn't miss key number one. You won't get that for a while. <laughs> so just relax, keep playing." <laughs> Yeah, it does a lot of like attempted mind reading, but sometimes when it lands, when that like mind reading lands, it feels very nice. Like it, it feels yeah. like ah, I'm being accommodated. Um, so yeah, so if you're li- if you're listening to this episode and you're like, should I get this game to play along with Visual Novel Book Club? What do you think, folks? Should we tell them to get it? Yeah, I, I think so. So far, I don't see why not. I mean, yeah, yeah. it seems fun. It, it does seem fun, especially you know, it, it's it seems very casual. It seems very easy to get into, very accommodating. It it just wants to you know, it just wants to have you to its house and, and give you tea and biscuits. It feels like if it, it feels like like Virtue's Last Reward Light or Nine 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 Light. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like. Or you know, has anybody watched Ozark where it's like breaking not so good? You know, it's like it's it's a crime drama. It's kind of like breaking bad. It's not anywhere near as good. But hey, how bad could it be? That kind of thing. That's like I think the lowest raging loop is gonna get. That's as bad as I think it's gonna get, where it's Ozark. Uh what's the price point? Uh, uh right now it is 30 bucks on Steam. 
that that's without any like discounts or anything like that. And I feel like like 999 light, right? Is like removing all of the like complicated weird bullshit and just being left with a game, <laughs> like a murder mystery, uh-huh. which is actually good. It's actually better. That's totally fair actually. Yeah. Yeah, I mean this kind of reminds me of Shibuya Scramble without all the puzzle solving stuff. Without, without the fr- frustration of getting stuck in Shibuya Scramble. Uh-huh. Like, it's like, listen, we're just going to let you know where you need to go with this thing. Like, he- okay, here's your ending. You don't have to keep jumping around to ones and guests and, you know, spend 40 hours in this game. It's going to be long anyway, but it's not going to be 40. Just relax. Go have fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you're, if you're looking, <laughs> if you're looking for, like, more of a puzzle element, then this is not that game. Doesn't, doesn't appear to be that game. Yeah, you probably won't find that here. Nope. No. It's more the fun of experiencing the mystery as opposed to solving the mystery, which, you know, can sometimes work and sometimes not work at all. I think they expect you to, like, theorize about the mystery as you read along, like a detective novel, but it's not the gameplay thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's sort of what the sheep's role is to be like, is like, hmm, that was interesting. What do you think about that? And, like, sort of provoke you to think about it a little bit. It. It almost seems to me, yeah, like, I mean, I would imagine, again, I don't know, like, people, it almost seems almost like somebody playing 999 on their DS, like, I gotta bring this to iOS and capitalize on this, and then, like, it's not totally toward, <laughs> that like, video game players per se, but I kind of, I kind of, I kind of dig it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, it's totally, like, easy, it's, it's easy to get into, it's easy to pick up, you know? Yeah, it does seem like an intro, like somebody's introduction into this type of, like the murder mystery type of visual novel that would eventually mm-hmm. lead them to things like VLR and, and stuff like that. Um, right. Where they would, or even Dang and Rampa. Um, but mm-hmm. like, this is like, if you're not a visual novel player and like, but you you want to try, like this is a, I think a good one, like first one to like, give you that feeling of like yeah like murder it's supernatural like intrigue like what's going on without like here's a puzzle based off of you know ice nine or whatever can you spell the word werewolf with these random letters that are floating around (laughs) yeah (laughs) do they uh do they they say that at one point too they're like listen the science stuff we're gonna mention in here maybe don't take it in an exam you know like during in the intro yeah you will get zero points Right. Which, you know, I don't know about all that, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, there there are some goofs in the beginning. Not all of them land, but um, but I get it. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that it gets a little scarier. Like, I, I want to play a horror game. I want to, even if it's just kind of existential stuff, like, if, if the answer is really just, hey, there's a big-ass werewolf monster here, I'm going to be disappointed. Well, I, I read a little bit ahead. It does get into gore uh, very much. So if you mm-hmm. want that kind of stuff, then you're going to get it. Uh, not visual, there is just, a warning. just descriptions. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing visual. All, all like the whenever the goal is like just a red blood splash on the screen, but the text very much gets into the gory stuff. I, I'll be frank though, too. I, I really did enjoy the miss section with the sentence fragments. Like I, I that don't was know cool. if that's like my more that, that my, that's my horror kink or what, but that disturbs the crap out of me. But well, just anything that kind of messes with the UI like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, I mean, it's apparent what's happening, right? Because it's almost like now, even even if this were a capable protagonist, too late. You know what I mean? Like you you've eaten of the, like you can't even think your way out of this because you're basically like incapacitated. You know, it's it was touch fuzzy. Get dizzy. Yes. Yeah. 
big time. And it was it was an interesting visualization. Like it was a, a very interesting way of representing that too. Like it was, to, at least to me, it was very clear to comprehend what was going on. Um, like what mm. it was trying to communicate. Like it wasn't like mm, now I have to solve this word puzzle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's right. like you yeah. get the gist of what's happening. Which again, I think it's a really cool way of showing that the main character can't think clearly. Yes. Good. Yeah, good stuff so far, Raging Loop. Yeah, a lot of a lot of promising stuff. I'm I'm curious to see more. Yeah, and we will next week. So yeah, um, thing of more for next time. We're going to read um, two in-game days. So read until you get to May fifteenth. Okay. Um, you get a prompt every time the day changes, so it's going to be very easy to spot it. Uh, there is one um, minor bad ending you can get. Um, so you, you're going to have one choice when you, you can actually choose. Um, the choice that you think is going to get you a bad ending will get you the bad ending. So so choose that first. Okay. Um, it's, a, okay. it's very quick. It's like... Um, Eat the poison. Five minutes and you get a bad <laughs> ending and then you can go back to the choice and do the, the, the good one. Walk into werewolf's mouth. Ex- explore the growling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Question. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. All right, folks. Thanks for joining us for a new season. Wow. We're back. We're doing it. We're doing it. It's good to be back. Yeah. All right. See y'all next time. Oh. Oh, God. Is that our. No, I'm It is now. It is now. That's it. No, I'm going alone. Stop recording. Justin. Everybody do it different. Oh, I'm sorry.